The loss of a job, the relocation, far away from family and friends, a failed romance, or the discovery that a true friend is really a fair-weather friend, often results in a profound sense of loss. People often wonder why they've been singled out for such punishment. However, those who have faced such loss may later be surprised to discover that a lost job led to a better employment opportunity. That relocation resulted in new adventures. And the end of one relationship led to one that is even more worthwhile. And the loss of a close friend resulted in a wider social network. What role do people play in the transformation of misfortune into blessing? The Yiddish poet Baruch Katznelson once rewrote a Talmudic dictum by commenting that the strong person is one who restrains his grief and teaches it to smile. Examples abound of individuals who are admired for the determination that did exactly that. Angelo Siciliano, an Italian born in 1903, moved to the United States in 1913. After a brawny lifeguard at Coney Island kicked sand in his face and stole away his girlfriend when he was a scrawny teenager, Angelo decided to transform his small build into a more formidable shape. By 1922, he was labeled America's most perfectly developed man. Renamed Charles Atlas, he marketed his dynamic tension fitness system, stressing opposing muscles against each other. In his advertising campaign, he portrayed a young weak man with a puny physique who could not get the girl. His uh, bodybuilding program is actually still available at www.charlesatlas.com for those of us who would like to uh, tone up a bit. What could be more devastating than a composer losing his hearing? Yet Ludwig von Beethoven continued to be be compose as he became increasingly deaf. Incredibly, the Ninth Symphony was written when he was entirely without hearing. As, Franklin, as President Franklin Roosevelt struggled with the ravages of polio, uh, he rose to the occasion and led this country through uh, the Great War. A deaf, blind, mute Helen Keller communicated with the world with grace and with ease. Pierre-Auguste Renoir suffering from debilitating arthritis, painted from his bed with a, a very long brush strapped to his hand. Maurice Ravel composed the striking piano concerto for the left hand and orchestra, a well-known, after a well-known pianist, suffered the loss of his right hand. In so doing, he wrote a disciplined composition one of beauty that demonstrated that it's possible to succeed even in the face of tragedy, transforming weakness into strength. British poet 
Ernest Henley, William Ernest Henley, struggled with the effects of childhood tuberculosis that forced him to write from bed. His inspiring words speak powerfully to all who wish to overcome obstacles. It matters not how straight the gate, how charged with punishment the scroll. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. Jewish custom provides a paradox that demands exposition. Jacob, the protagonist of Vayishlach, this week's Torah portion, struggles with a nameless night creature. And that struggle results in a wounded, in a wounded hip that causes him to limp for the rest of his life. Yet he emerges with his name changed from Yaakov to Yisrael. The name ultimately assigned to the Jewish nation. We call ourselves Yisrael after a disabled patriarch. In sharp contrast, a disturbing biblical passage concerns the ritual status of, the, of physically imperfect individuals. The Lord spoke further to Moses. Speak to Aaron saying, no man of your offspring throughout the ages who has a defect shall be qualified to offer the food of God. No one at all who has a defect shall be qualified. No man who is, bl who is blind, lame, or has a limb too short or too long. No man who has a broken leg or an arm, or has a hunchback or a dwarf, who has a growth in his eye, who has a boil scar or scurvy or crushed testes. No man among the offspring of Aaron, the priest, who has a defect, shall be qualified to offer the Lord's offering by fire. Having a defect, he shall not be qualified to offer the food of his God. The ancient world of the Israelite cultic priesthood championed physically perfect male leaders, thereby excluding females and blemished males, demonstrating a lack of compassion for human beings who could not meet their standard. The Talmud further enumerates ineligibility for the priesthood. A misshapen or bald head. I wouldn't have made the cut. Missing teeth. An excessively large nose. Weak eyes. Wide feet. Skin that is black, red, or white. It is not difficult to understand the genesis of these indefensible guidelines. The ancient Israelites envisioned only perfect officiants bringing unblemished, perfect sacrificial animals for offering before a perfect God. Nevertheless, in spite of this strident approach, the Torah also demonstrates compassion toward imperfect individuals when it commands, you shall not insult the deaf or place a stumbling block before the blind. 
Jewish tradition further demonstrates unusual sensitivity to those with physical flaws because among the manifold blessings that fill our prayer book are blessings for seeing giants, dwarves, and misshapen individuals in order that they might feel embraced and not rejected. Praised are you, O Lord, our God, ruler of the universe, who varies the form of creation. Such a blessing makes it clear that those with physical or spiritual imperfections should not be excluded from God's care. Just as the psalmist instructs, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. And God is close to the brokenhearted. These suggest that God cherishes imperfections rather than flawlessness. Those with speech defects like Moses, near blindness like Isaac, weak eyes like Rachel, and a limp like Jacob would be prohibited from entrance to the temple's holy altar where only the flawless stand. <clears throat> Nevertheless, such weaknesses can teach us to be strong. For in these examples, imperfections drew each one closer to God than most others. Not only are matriarchs and patriarchs, but everyone carries hurts, limitations, obstacles, shortcomings, blemishes on the inside, even if they are not visible on the outside. No one is exempt from such heavy burdens and such silent sorrows. Whereas the modern reader of the Torah may not agree with the biblical attitude toward the burdened and the flawed, and it may be difficult to understand why the biblical author excluded the lame and the broken from priestly service or entry into the holy space. These disturbing words help us understand that such priestly requirements can be seen as subverting human compassion and equality because I believe that God treasures every human being. A man whose son was severely disabled once asked why a perfect God creates a disabled child. After all, he reasoned, does the text not remind us Hatsur tamim pe'alo, the rock, his work is perfect? His response to personal tragedy is illuminating. He concluded, that when God brings a child like this into the world, the perfection he seeks is in the way that people react to the child. Nevertheless, a loving God portrayed as perfect, but who creates imperfect human beings, can be an obstacle for the physically challenged and their families. Have you ever wondered why our matriarch Leah is included in the traditional Shabbat blessing given by parents to daughters. May God bless you like Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel, and Leah. After all, does a blessing that appears to ask God to make a child 
unfulfilled, unhappy, unsuccessful like Leah, offer anything instructive? What kind of blessing is it to ask that a daughter be like Leah? What trait did Leah have that a parent might want for his or her child? From Leah comes the model of resiliency. We do not always get everything we want in life. Nevertheless, there are still rewards and ways to achieve happiness. Leah is to be admired and emulated for her ability to endure rejection, to be able to go on even in the face of adversity and personal failure. Whereas parents hope that their children will live chosen lives, when things do not work out as planned, the ability to carry on with dignity and strength is to be admired. This quality demonstrated in Leah, the mother of six of the 12 tribes, one half of the Israelite nation, is a characteristic to be emulated by those who wish to live meaningful lives, no matter what resources or endowments they have been given. In spite of all her unhappiness, Leah shouldered her burdens, found the good in her life, and discovered rewards for endurance and for faithfulness. Those in positions comparable to that of Leah can identify with this icon for strength that emboldens and empowers those shunned aside. Struggle and dreams are at the center of Vayishlach. Jacob's fitful dream enabled him to reach for the divinity in him. Jacob's dreamlike struggle with a nighttime being left him wounded but changed. Instead of fleeing from confrontation with his dishonorable, self-important past, he held on to his adversity, adversary, demanding a blessing and refusing to release him until his demand was met. As the sun arose, Jacob, now a blemished man, blessed by the nighttime being, limped away, not in defeat, but in triumph, rechristened Yisrael, Israel, one who struggles and prevails. Israel modeled the way for our scars to become badges of honor. And that is why a Hasidic custom includes the story of Jacob wrestling with the nighttime being at Havdalah each week. It reminds the listener that it is through struggle, it is through blemish, that we can be made strong in the coming week. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom.